With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Second one this week because we are just full of hashtag content. This is Jay Kokorowski, and we're kicking this off right away. In maybe 20 minutes or so, we'll have Drew Hom and the Big Roast talking about the Big Ten Batman's Basketball Tournament uh, and March Madness, and we'll, we'll ask Drew who he thinks will take it all the way, and we'll talk recap Wisconsin's season that was a, a better, I would say, ending, uh, and a, the great scene, the you know Greg Gard and his team really make that out, you know turn that corner and look like a team that you've seen before in years past. And, and there's big things on the horizon. We'll talk about that as well with Drew uh, just a little later. But first and foremost, uh, a team that is playing this weekend, uh, a team, uh, a program that has set the standard, the gold bar standard uh, in Wisconsin athletics, you know, for, you know, I don't know, I guess since its inception, it's, you know, Wisconsin women's hockey, the program now they're number two, as they head into the NCAA tournament, taking on number five, Minnesota. And that's going to be at Laban Arena on Saturday at 2 p.m. Make sure you guys listen. I mean, I'm looking at it right now with the stats. You're looking at it. It's going to be on uh, BTN to go. You'll have hear it on 1310WIBA. And to talk about just the season that was, what's ahead, we bring on you know two great writers, uh, one former Bucky's fifth quarter contributor, writer, women's hockey writer. Now she's doing women's uh, hockey writing for the USCHO as well. Uh, I mean, gosh, where where hasn't she been? Let's talk about the BBC, the Sports Illustrated, ESPNW, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Also working, you know, women's uh, writing for uh, about women's college hockey for the Victory Press. We got Nicole Hazy on the phone, and we also have Bucky's fifth quarters Bob Wiedenhoft, who's taken over and, and, and starting to write and was actually up in Minneapolis as well this past weekend for the WCHA final faceoff. You two, how are you doing? This is wonderful. I am so excited to be talking about Wisconsin women's hockey tonight. Same. Thanks for having us. Yeah, likewise. And you guys are the experts here. You guys have followed this team, you know, this team, this program for a while. And, you know, I'm going to let you guys kind of take the, the bull by the horns and run with it. Uh, take the ball and run with it, whatever type of metaphor you, I want to mix up in my head right now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, it is a, you know, let's, let's talk first. I'll lead us in the direction there. Uh, starting off reactions to the WCHA final faceoff results, Wisconsin falls in that championship game. And then they get the number two seed against the number five seed, Minnesota. It will be a home game, but going back to what happened this past weekend, you know, Nicole, let's start off with you real quick and just your, and then we'll go to Bob, your thoughts about this weekend that was for the Wisconsin Badgers. So the 
Badgers went into this tournament, the number one team in the country. They knew they were going to play. They were going to get an NCAA bid um, versus Minnesota in the championship game. And Minnesota, by the time the puck dropped on Sunday, knew they were winning or their season was over. Um, so I think people are looking at it and like, oh, we lost to Minnesota. So number one, there's that to take into account. And then the second thing is that the Badgers beat Minnesota four times in the regular season this year, something no other Badger squad has ever done. Um, and for Frankly, there's not a team in the country that's going to beat Minnesota five out of five times. So um, I don't put too much water in the fact that they lost that game. Um, nobody's thrilled that they have to have a rematch again this week, but that's one of the fabulous rules that the NCAA has in place for women's hockey. But I, I don't. I was happy with how the Badgers played. I thought you know there could have been a bit more oomph and how they came out in that final uh, game, for lack of a better word. Um, they but they didn't have to win and Minnesota did. And that, uh, that makes Minnesota a hard team to beat in that situation. Yeah, I completely agree. It seemed like, um, when Minnesota took the lead, um, in the second period of the, uh, of the final, uh, the championship game, uh, it really seemed like Wisconsin was just content to play things out. Um, they did, uh, uh, it seemed like they did get some more opportunities as, as the game went on. But, um, in the third period, I think Minnesota was able to, um, sort of ice the game away. Um, and again, that was really similar to at least what I thought um, Minnesota's win against Ohio State um, in the semifinals uh, of that tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this uh, Wisconsin team all year has been pretty good. Um, I think they've really missed um, some of the star power from across that you're seeing um, across the country, particularly um some of the the eastern conference teams um so i wonder if in you know in a moment where maybe they're uh, not as motivated as the other team like they were against minnesota and you don't necessarily have one one player that you can you know ask to step up uh maybe that uh maybe that was something that that hurt them in that game against minnesota yeah, I mean, it's definitely a team that has, so it's an Olympic year for sort of people that don't pay attention. And, and normally that um, that means that some of the top teams or many of the top teams are missing players that get centralized with Team US, USA or, or Canada. Um, and that means not just the players that ultimately played in the Olympics, but both both countries will set up a player pool um, leading into the Olympics. So for Wisconsin, they were leading or they were missing uh, two of their top scorers in Annie Pankowski and Emily Clark. Um, and, and those two are the, they're the playmakers. They are the stars. Um, and, and the Badgers still went through this season, um, the number one team in the country for most of the year. Um, I think they weren't for two or three weeks. Uh, so that speaks a lot to the depth of the team and also the fact that um, they have players that can step up. Um, but yeah, I don't know that there was like one star player on this team this year. Um, the depth is what's going to take them uh, pretty far, I think. But it does mean that in situations like that, that maybe, uh, I mean, they're, they're arguably their best player this year was Abby Rock, uh, who's a sophomore and hasn't had to step into that role. Um, so I think, mm -hmm. you know, maybe she, we learned a bit about her and learned, she learned a bit about herself this year, but, um, yeah, Bob's got a point that maybe they just, uh, they didn't have that person to take that role. They also, I thought the, the Badgers, when the Badgers in Minnesota play each other, it's not like either of them gets to play their style. Like, it's not like a pretty hockey game where both of them are going out there and, uh, you know, passing it six times and skating around each other. It's, it's arguably kind of like ugly poke checking, stick slapping, 
Um, neither of them can possess the puck. That's why it's so great. But the Badgers, one of their big things uh, that Mark Johnson believes is putting pucks to the net and getting a lot of rebounds. And um, they must have gotten a read on Minnesota goalie Sydney Peters because they were shooting high on her. But what that meant is all the pucks were going over the bar um, and they weren't getting those second, third chance opportunities that have sort of been their bread and butter. Um, so presumably that won't happen again in the quarterfinal. But um, I do think that that made a difference in how the Badgers played and um, made a difference in sort of the opportunities they had in front of the net. Yeah, um, Abby Rock is really the only player on this team that's in the top 50 in the country and in points scored this year. And I'm not sure um, when the last time that would have been that would, there was only one Badger that was in the top 50. Um, maybe it was the last uh, centralization Olympic year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of Minnesota players up there um, that have scored a bet. Um, and then you're totally right. Like when you're shooting high and you've got, um, players coming in and shooting from outside of the slot, um, you're not going to get the same quality rebounds even, you know, maybe even you get lucky or something coming off the, off the backboard. Um, but when you're shooting from the slot and it goes high, you're sending it right into the corner, which really, um, gives an advantage to the defense to get set up again. The, the, what, oh, what the Badgers ahead, do have is they've got about a dozen players with 20 or more points. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's that's sort of been the difference as opposed to having one or two players that are dominating. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a fully like they 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 match up up and down the line. And um, I would take their third and even fourth line against pretty much any other third and fourth line in the country. No, I, not even pretty much every other third and fourth line in the <laughs> country. Um, Definitely. The problem with that when we head into playoffs is that all the. Um, the games will now be played with TV timeouts, which allows for a rest period for other teams. So um, I don't, Minnesota and us match up really well, but should we advance past this? Um, they're going to, teams like Boston College and Clarkson are going to be able to play really their top two lines the whole game. So mm. our third and fourth line depth really isn't something that's going to come into play. Mm. I wonder with the I wonder with the depth, how important the center play is um, when you've got a lot of players that can all contribute um, trying to trying to distribute the puck, keep things going on a sort of an equal um, rhythmic pace. Um, and then they lost uh, Sophia Shaver, and I'm not sure if, um, if she's going to be recovered enough to make a postseason appearance. Um, what do you think, Nicole, back, about but that? Obviously, like, they're pretty tight-lipped on that, but there was no reason for them to play her last weekend. Of course. I mean, they were already in, So, but she was she had been in a sling and was out of it, and like from what I'm hearing, I expect her to be back, but mm. obviously that's barring anything that happens this week that we don't know about. Sure. Yeah, we're here with Nicole Hazy and Bob Wiedenhoft here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, and you know, looking at the initial ranking, number two, with the NCAA tournament playing, obviously now again, like I said, the quarterfinal game against number five Minnesota. Uh, what you know? How did that come to be? And, and where you know? And Bob, we'll start with you. And this time, you know, like, what is your thoughts about just you know and why this came to be? Where you know they they faced each other just a few days ago, and now less than a week later, they're going to be playing against each other once again uh, to advance in the NCAA tournament. Well, the NCAA has a has a rule for division one women's hockey, the primary selection criteria, as far as um, seeding within the NCAA tournament is minimizing the number of flights. Um, it's not bracket integrity. Um, it's not uh, making sure that we're getting new matchups in that round. Um, it's simply a, a cost saving me- uh, measure. Uh, and obviously when you've got um, 
you know, the WCHA out west and most of the other um, teams on the east side of the country would need to fly over to play a WCHA team. And then you throw in that you've got three teams in the eight, uh, the in the eight um, team NCAA tournament, you're going to have to have a pair of WCHA teams play each other, even when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a bracket perspective. Like if Wisconsin was playing their natural seeded opponent Northeastern, that would be a, an absolutely fabulous matchup against a team that um, Wisconsin was upset by earlier in the year. Um, there'd be a lot of great stories of the the team in North Northeastern. Um, that has had an up and down year. Won their conference tournament. They beat the number, the former number one team in the country um, back around. I think it was right around Thanksgiving. Um, and then now getting another chance at that to make a Frozen Four. That would just be a phenomenal story. And then you'd have um, Minnesota heading out east to play Boston College, which would be another fantastic matchup. But instead, we get more of the same. And I, I'm not sure, but it seems like, uh, except for last year. Wisconsin and Minnesota just keep on playing each other in this NCAA tournament, which is fine if it makes sense from a bracket perspective. And it seems like, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Nicole. I'm, um, well, in fact, I, I think I do know what you think, but I have uh, a I'm lot wondering of what you, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah. I mean, Go I, for I, it, Nicole. I could talk for a very long time about this, but I, I mean, <laughs> the thing is the bracket is the correct one as the rules are written. Right, I mean, but... the rule specifically says that that is, is how this should go down. Now the rules crap, um, and, and utter BS and a lot of other swear words that I will not say, um, especially because I can't, I, I mean, I have that by the way, I appreciate that. It's a family pod or quote unquote family podcast, <laughs> but I'm joking. Obviously, um, yeah. I, <laughs> I have a lot, like I, I could go, I mean, I, I have made no beef or bones about my thoughts about how the NCAA treats women's hockey. They've been pretty awful about it. Um, and this is just really sort of the, the icing on top of that cupcake, especially when the story came out this week this today that the NCA made what a billion dollars this year or whatever it was just something ridiculous mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but um obviously the primary concern when seeding your national championship should be whether or not there are more there's more flights I mean there's eight friggin teams it's not like we're talking 30 flights but especially because I've looked at I mean I have not looked at every uh sport obviously because I want to sleep sometime this week, but um, I did check out a couple <laughs> things like women's lacrosse and women's tennis where, you know, I thought, okay, there'll be programs that are spread out across the country in similar um, style of, of seeding, all that sort of stuff. And I can't, I have yet to find another selection criteria in the NCA where the primary goal is to minimize flights, AKA save money. Um, so I, the only other place I saw it was one other one, and there was primary and secondary criteria, and it was the bottom of the secondary criteria. And it didn't even say minimize flights. It just said location. So, um, I, I mean, I obviously think it's a really awful, sexist, pathetic rule. Um, I ha you know, I just, it, it's, re it's really problematic. Um, and I, I'm glad more people are seeing that. And like, I hope that we continue. I know the coaches were really fed up this year. Um, not that they shouldn't have been in years past, but hopefully we'll, we'll see a change here. Cause I just, I find it hard to believe that, uh, literally the words bracket integrity don't come anywhere in the description of how you should seed an NCAA national tournament is like, 
mind blowing to me. So um, I think it's like I said, I think it's BS and a lot of other much more explicit words. But um, as the rules written, the bracket they gave was correct. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I don't know how um, from a Title IX perspective, they're allowed to have those different um, different wordings um, and different policies for um, the men's and women's Division One hockey when everything else is the same as far as, you know, from like a Title IX perspective. Everything else should be the same from like a travel cost perspective, from yeah, um, the I... sport, the division. It all should, It. I mean, this seems like it, it would be a prime opportunity for like a Title IX lawsuit almost if it became serious enough or this was wider. I admittedly do not know a lot about how um, the NCAA as an entity versus like mm-hmm. as the schools. Um, but I, I was tweeting it this week about how much I hate this rule and how, <laughs> what crap it is. Um, and it, it, I, it's been great. Cause like once a day on Twitter, like someone else will retweet it and then all of a sudden I'll get a bunch of interaction again. <laughs> um, like I'll kind of forget about it and it comes back, but I had a, a, um, a professor from a university, I think it was university of West Kentucky say that the NCA is not subject to title nine. Um, she was a sports law professor. So mm. I, I have done no research. That is the extent of what I know about it. Um, I would love yeah. to spend more time on it. And after next weekend, I will totally look into that. But um, <laughs> right now, that's what I know is she's saying the NCA is not uh, subject to that law, there's, which is there's some like, I think there's some local um, like a, not maybe appellate level court decisions, not up to the Supreme Supreme Court level. Let's say if there's a, a sports association that's comprised of at least one um, Title IX institution, that the entire um, the entire organization needs to be compliant with Title IX. Um, but that's a little bit different because I think those were like like high school associations that that rule was come up with. So that I mean, there might be some like opportunities for that yeah, um, not at the college off, level, but not, I mean, obviously it hasn't come up, but not to go off on like a whole title nine, um, tangent, yeah. <laughs> title nine is literally the only law of the land where to be compliant, you don't actually have to like prove compliance. You just have to show that you are working towards compliance and there is mm-hmm. no language that right. quantifies what working towards compliance means. Right. So, again, I have a lot of thoughts on that, and I could go on and on, but let's just leave it there. So, basically, okay. they can be like, oh, we're trying, and then that's the end of it. Uh, right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're totally right. Awesome. You guys. Anyway, awesome. so, yeah, it stinks that we're playing Minnesota again, and um, obviously they're <laughs> – we'll go back to on topic. Obviously, they're, you know, they're familiar foes. They played this five times now, and every game was a one-goal game. Um, these two teams don't like each other. They um, bring out the best in each other. I'm of the opinion that uh, the relative talent of either team is sort of irrelevant when they play each other because they both um, find a, a different level to play. So um, there's a lot of attempt at strategy, but but Mark Johnson and Brad Frost are two of the winningest coaches, um, especially modern um, coaches currently coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, you know, what 10 titles between them um so you know there's there, there's a lot of attempting to to play chess and figure each other out but i don't i mean it's going to come down to one bounce one you know one puck one penalty it's it's going to be super interesting for sure i'm definitely not um i'm 
nervous and it's Thursday, so that's or Wednesday. <laughs> but that's fun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe like that comes to the, the, the what this next point, right? You know, and just uh, we'll combine uh, just a, a couple of this, the matchups to watch this weekend in this quarterfinal game, and which Badgers need to shine to advance beyond this weekend. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you, uh, and Bob, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have you chime in right after that too. Um, other than Wisconsin, Minnesota, the game I'm most interested in is Ohio State and Boston College. Um, Boston College's three top defenders all played on the Olympic squad this year, which means that their their, their defense was a little uh, thin this year, um, but uh, is going to be scary as hell next year. They um, have the likely Patty Kaz contender. They've they're scoring just like ridiculous amounts, but they don't have a lot of defense. Um, and they are also a team that continues to make the postseason, but not they either make it to the championship game or they lose the championship game. Um, so they, they're like a team that five years ago wasn't necessarily on a lot of radars, but now are a perennial top team and they haven't won a frozen four. So there's, I think in my opinion, there's a lot of pressure on them. They, so they have the benefit of having been there before, but Ohio state is a team that like should have been rebuilding and totally just came, uh, came on strong this year. And, um, I think everybody thought it was going to like taper off at some point. Like they came out and beat Minnesota and they had these big games and then they came and played Wisconsin and we won. Everybody was like, Oh, you broke Ohio state, but they've like sort of can't come back around and they have nothing to lose so um i think that is going to play a big part in in their ability to like not be phased by this game um but their goalie has been injured and she's stellar so whether or not cassidy save plays is going to be crucial but um that is going to be a really good game to watch well you took mine nicole um sorry (laughs) no that's fine um i'm i'm just interested to see uh pretty much how any team that hasn't won a title before does in this tournament um there's i think there's only been four teams to win a national title in women's division one hockey um i think duluth minnesota wisconsin and and clarkson um and clarkson wisconsin are the one two and minnesota's obviously uh either minnesota or wisconsin is going to get eliminated so i mean if it's a random chance you have a 50 50 of a of a first time national champion um boston college makes a, a whole lot of sense um on paper, especially from an offensive perspective. Um, but they lost Connecticut. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, so I UConn mean, didn't win their first conference game till mid-January, and then they upset BC. So big, you know, nobody listening pays that much attention to women's hockey, but like that was a huge upset. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think uh, like I saw um, saw a report that. Um, it's hockey is the easiest sport to score an upset too, um, just with the 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 variance of possessions that are um, not clearly defined, provides a, just an easier opportunity for upsets. Um, so I guess I, that doesn't concern me too terribly much. Um, I'm interested to see um, Northeastern play. I don't. They've been. It seems like two different teams. They they sort of yeah. remind me of maybe like a, a better version of Bemidji State out east um where they could really play with anybody but they could also really get get crushed by anybody um so i mean they could put together three great games and and be i don't know uh, probably the first team that uh has has a team seated like seven or below ever won the won the tournament um 
I I'm would guessing guess not. Probably I, mean, I don't not. know that off the top of my head, but I like yeah. I would say pretty surely no. Yeah, I would imagine pretty much all of them have hosted that first round because that's really really tough to travel and then go and go and win in the Frozen Four. So I, I'm interested in. Um, it's like which Northeastern team shows up. Yeah. Um, well, and they don't have to fly across the country, so maybe that'll help them. <laughs> um, and um, you sound as bitter as me. I. I mean, who wants to see this game again? Like, I, I, I would be interested in seeing it in the finals, but we just saw this game. Why do we have to do this again? And they played the, re- the final regular season. So, like, three of the last... Because Wisconsin earned a bye. So, like, three of Wisconsin's last four games were already against them. And now we're going to add four of five. Plus, they just and, and Minnesota. You know, we just We just don't never have good opportunities to see teams from the east come to Laban like in critical moments yeah like because we've seen uh i think last year cornell came over and that was fine and cornell was a decent team um yeah we had clarkson two or three years ago they're getting better about that cross yeah but i mean again nobody has budgets and that's quite the commitment (laughs) and (laughs) Mm -hmm. so anyway i I'm sorry. I got a soft track again. I apologize for that. Um, but um, <laughs> I, you know, if if it's not Wisconsin, um, I'd love to love to see a, uh, a a new national champion come out of this because I think that would be that would be good for the sport. I mean, Colgate's the Cinderella story. They'd never gotten an NCAA by. They've never won their mm-hmm. conference before. They'd never made it to their conference championship game. Like, they, the number of first... I literally just finished writing a column about this, so I know a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, like, they're just an amazing Cinderella story. Like, they're, they're seniors, their freshman year, won five games. Wow. Um, so, like, if I were not, you know, invested in Wisconsin, they would absolutely be the team that I were, was cheering for. I mean, I love an underdog, but also just, like... That's an amazing turnaround. Yeah, and and when you get to know, um, and you know, I mean, I'm sure you uh, you've experienced this, but when you get to interact with um, teams that wear different sweaters, um, you see the humanity, and you can be really really happy for teams, even if they're not the one that maybe you pull for primarily. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you. I mean, whenever you start writing, you, your fandom definitely t- starts to take that backseat, which is yeah. uh, fun and different in its own way. But yeah, I. Um, it, I'd be, I, I would with you that I, if it's not going to be Wisconsin, then I'd love to see someone new. And yeah. for me, that's Colgate right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as for you, uh, Jake, you asked who could, who needs to step up for the Badgers. Um, I mean, they need another great game from goalie Kristen Campbell. Um, they have had really good defense. Um, Maddie Rolfus, who we're hoping gets a red shirt after this season and gets to come back next year. But she's actually been um, surrounded by a bunch of uh, rookies in the back that have just been played really well and, and are getting a lot of blocks. So um, mm-hmm. I think other than that, they have to hope Sophia Shaver's back. And I, I think they need Shaver and Kepler and Rock to be the sort of stars of this squad and, and sort of uh, pick up the team a little. Yeah, I, I would say Rock needs to be definitely the best player on the team. Um, uh, her stats dropped a little bit at the turn of the calendar um, in the last two months. Um, I think her goals per game and points per game dropped. Um, I think the points per game dropped by 25% and the goals per game dropped maybe 50% or something in those last two months. Really small sample size. Um, but now, now is the time, um, and she's had the season you're talking about to get comfortable with the role of being the player 
and be skated around the ice. So uh, now's the time, right? Yeah, I mean, I think in part of that, one of the the best like end of season stories has been Bailey Wellhausen right. sort of getting on the score sheet. She's she's um sort of always been that player that's been really scrappy, but is usually mm-hmm. the one dishing off the goals, and she's been scoring. So um, yeah. if it's not going to be Abby, then then it's got to be Bailey. Mm-hmm. Right. And now for our final question, heading into you know this weekend coming up, a couple of days away from uh, the puck dropping. Can Wisconsin win it all, and why? And Bob, we'll start off with you, and Nicole will give you the final word after that. Well, of course they can win it all. Um, I I tend to think that this is going to be a tough one because they've got they're going to have to win three really really tough games in a row. Um, the The offensive production has been inconsistent. It's uh, I don't know how often they've strung three really nice offensive games together. Um, I'm a little bit pessimistic, um, but also, you know, I'm, we've seen them play excellent hockey, so they certainly could, but uh, it's a tall task. Wow, I'm not usually the one that's not pessimistic. I wouldn't go with optimistic. <laughs> usually I'm like, oh my God, we're all going to, like, I was awful during the gold medal game. Um, so I tend, oh my God, it was it was really bad. And I was like by myself because it was, you know, three in the morning or whatever. Um, I was like, we're never, this is, everything is going bad and we're never going to win a game again. Um, so, I, well, I think, I think the Badger, so arguably, not even arguably, Last year's better uh, Badger squad was better and lost um, a game where they did not play well in the national championship game. And I think that there are a lot of players on this squad that have that uh, taste in their mouth. I also think that they're all, whether or not it's true, they've painted themselves as a bit of an underdog um, just because like M- Minnesota was picked to win the WCHA, which um, especially before like five weeks ago was, was fairly comical um, looking at the the schedule, uh, the way that their season had gone. Um, and now I think they're really pissed about having to play Minnesota again. Um, mm-hmm. The Badgers are also really good at Laban. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the yep, I mean, the, the playoff game sold out in a minute and 30 seconds. Um, the crowd there is just super supportive. Then they sold some standing room only. Um, and that's just like, that's literally unheard of at any other stadium um, in the country. So the, mm-hmm. the Badgers really feed off of that. So there's that, I think, in their favor. But also, I just, I think they're playing pissed off after last year. That wasn't the game that they wanted to play. And that that squad, sort of looking at recruits and who they had and, and, and that roster, that one was like circled on the calendar a few years ago as like, this is a team that could do it. And then they, they really sort of crapped the bed in that game. Um, and so they, I think that that, is going to play into this um so yeah i think they can win i don't know if they will it's uh it's been a really inconsistent season for kind of all of the these eight teams so it really depends on who shows up for each of those squads and who um takes the challenge and who who kind of steps up in this role um but i i have seen these players step up in that sort of situation so i'm a, i'm not as pessimistic as bob but that's probably <laughs> just going to lead to a lot of heartache so <laughs> Guys, it's it's Nicole. It's great talking with you again, and, and obviously we got to get you on uh, the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza to talk some Brewers because we're in the midst of spring training already. <laughs> we got to talk about that soon. Uh, and obviously, guys, make sure you guys follow Nicole. 
you know, on Twitter at Nicole, uh, N-I-C-O-L-E, Hazi, H-A-A-S-E. And then, of course, follow Bob uh, Wiedenhoft. Uh, and um, Bob, I'm looking up yours right now, your Twitters, but it is a very I'll give long it name. R-W-I-E-D-E-N-H-O-E-F-T. There you go. Awesome. And thank you both for coming on the show and really like give it like I love how long we went because this is long overdue and Bob and I have you know we started it a couple weeks ago and we want to make sure uh, that people know about just how well the women's hockey team is doing and just you know like you mentioned what you know like just how fast it sold out this past weekend and and just what uh this the tradition of this program and what they could do this year so thank you both for coming on the show absolutely yeah I think people need to uh, women's season hockey season tickets are like $50. Each game is normally $5. We had nine Olympians play in the gold medal game. They have four national championships. Like this is a squad that you should be paying attention to. And when you can go see them, like when they play, when Minnesota, Wisconsin play during the regular season next year, there will be um, multiple, there'll be what five Olympians on the ice. And I would guess venture to guess, uh, or at least that were centralized at least another five that'll play in the next Olympics. So uh, it's literally world-class hockey and it's a $5 ticket. Yeah, no excuses, people. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nicole and Bob, thank you so much. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Drew Hom comes up, uh, the big roast, and talking some Wisconsin men's basketball, some March Madness, and what he'll be doing the first weekend of games and, and what we all should be doing is what I'll ask him. Coming back up on uh, just maybe 30 seconds here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Welcome back, Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Your home for Bucky's Fifth Quarter and all Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and analysis in podcast form. And with us today, of course, we, by the way, great talk we had with Nicole Hazy and Bob Wiedenhoft uh, on Wisconsin women's hockey. I, you know, guys, I apologize. I told you guys it'd be about 20 minutes until we got to Drew. We went a full half hour, which I don't apologize for with women's hockey because we haven't had a chance to really talk about it all year. And it was a great conversation between, you know, Bob does a great job uh, for Bucky's fifth quarter now. And Nicole moved on from Bucky's fifth quarter is doing so many great things. Uh, she's been in the, I talked about it earlier, BBC. We've talked, you know, she's on, she's on stuff for sports illustrated ESPNW all that and you know as long along with doing stuff for uh you was it uh, milwaukee journal sentinel too so you know uh, great talking with them a great hockey discussion and you know laban arena is a place to be 2 p.m on saturday uh, and we're gonna have this uh drop on friday morning uh, this podcast so make sure you guys get out so when you hear it it'll be friday so get out there tomorrow if you uh, if you have a chance to somehow find tickets transitioning though and we got our good friend drew ham on there because we can't finish a week without the big roast we'll have to figure out what to do uh for march madness and for spring football uh depending upon if we can make fun of michigan every week uh but we can't make fun of them for this week uh for for what they did and drew you know let's kick it off real quick conference tournament thoughts wisconsin falls to again to michigan state but again a close game 
6360. Your thoughts on the tournament as a whole, and we'll, and we'll get to Wisconsin right after that. First of all, I don't think you should ever be apologizing for running long when talking about the Wisconsin women's hockey team. Uh, they're probably the best program that the school offers. Yeah. So uh, we should talk about them more, if anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, secondly, the Wisconsin men's basketball team, who had a bit of a down year. I don't know if anybody had heard about that. <laughs> what down year? Uh, well, it's debatable. Not really. <laughs> Their game against Michigan State for the second time in a week, they came up uh, a hair short. I thought it was a good tournament. This is what I think most people thought would happen, that they'd beat Maryland and then play Michigan State tough but ultimately lose because if we're being 100% serious, Michigan State's a way better team than Wisconsin this year. Ethan Happ played really well. Uh, Cleo Iverson played really well. Revan Pritzel, who played really well in the game against Maryland, did not play so hot against uh, Michigan State, and I think that might have been the difference right there. Him only scoring three points when we were counting on him to be our second or third option, third option probably behind Davison, isn't great. And then you see that the final score, the Badgers lost by three points. Uh, it makes a lot of sense why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, you've already started to see some of the – Really, just you know, looking at you know, Brad Davison already had surgery. Uh, it was successful surgery, according to what Wisconsin basketball had said. And you know, now it starts the recovery process for the true freshman, so that he can have two arms, uh, two uh, healthy arms to play with. Which you know, and he'll in all likelihood obviously be off the ball, uh, be the off guard uh, compared to Demetric Trice or you know, uh, you know, or who else could you know potentially step in. Uh, down the road uh, for next season, but yeah, you're already seeing guys like Aaron Mache and I think it was a TJ Schlent also like on Instagram and social media send their goodbyes and uh, you know and even with that Ethan Happ basically told reporters after the game against Michigan State after that loss last Friday that it you know he's declaring for the NBA draft he was hoping to get to the NBA Combine if he gets the invite and then. From what it sounds like, in all likelihood, if he isn't a first-round grade or a projection by a few teams or by whoever, he'll essentially come back. He's not going to go internationally. He's not going to go to the G League. He'd come back to Wisconsin for his fifth season. I mean, you know, looking at you know, looking ahead to next year, just I, I'm optimistic. I, you know, I covered the team this year, and despite some of the growth, not not some, but yeah, a lot of the growing pains and maybe the lack of the talent. This team has a lot to go. I mean, I think there's I mean, this experience that they're going to have, you know, and and just cultivating. I think they, I think their bright times are ahead. Of, I think they'll be an NCAA tournament team at the least next year. But I feel that they could even, you know, I think they could be compete for in the conference, in my opinion, just because if if Hap does come back, and Kobe King and Demetri Trice come back, you know, it's one more year of experience, and you hope that it, you know, guys like Aleem Ford and Nate Reavers take giant steps forward as well. So I, I, I don't know, I, I'm optimistic. I, I'd love to hear your opinion. You know, obviously, I, we'll see what happens. You know, come, and we don't know what happens with injuries or whatnot, like what happened this year. But I'm optimistic, man. I mean, I, I'm optimistic too. The the Badgers don't lose uh, a single player from their rotation going in the next year unless Ethan Happ magically 
develops a jump shot and becomes a first-round talent in the next couple months. Uh, Nate Reavers should spend all of his time in the cafeteria this offseason <laughs> eating meals between his meals so uh, he can bulk up a bit. I mean, it can't be that hard. The What is he, 19 years old? Just get in the gym and eat a bunch of hamburgers. Yeah, I did all the I did the hamburger eating part, and I gained a bunch of weight in college. <laughs> Imagine if I went to the gym; maybe some of it would have been muscle. Uh, I mean, Davison is going to have two healthy shoulders next year. Yeah. I mean, I I see no reason why this team shouldn't be back in the NCAA tournament and shouldn't win twenty twenty two games. I haven't looked at the schedule. Do well, basketball schedules aren't like football schedules, right? They haven't like fully set it for next year. Sometimes they just throw in random teams here and there. Uh, yeah, I don't. Let me take a look. I'm not exact. That's a great question. We can come back to that one. Yeah, not not super important. The, the schedule doesn't matter so much. But the 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 Badgers should be back in the probably one of the four best teams in the Big Ten next year, and uh, resume or start a new streak of NCAA tournament appearances. Uh, having a real point guard next year will be super helpful. Uh, I know people. The the Wisconsin point guard is very similar to a Wisconsin quarterback, where everybody's got opinions, and the, <laughs> the the current point guard or quarterback is never quite good enough. And I think we kind of saw we missed Demetric Trice for whatever his shortcomings may be. He was a true point guard. He can distribute the ball, and he could shoot some, and we needed a guy like that this year. Losing him and King was tough, but say we just lost King, the Badgers probably would have had a winning record this year with Trice on the team and, you know, might be playing in a tournament as opposed to deservedly no tournament. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. And so, I mean, that's... You know, like I said, there's 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 hope. I, you know, and people that were, you know, I was on uh, the Bill Michael show here in, uh, you know, on 105.7 FM in Milwaukee, 106.7 FM. Uh, yeah, we're not 106, 96.7 FM and 1670 AM the Zone here in Madison. Uh, and you know, Radio Joe had asked me the same thing about that. Where you know, I think you know, there's optimism. There's I think with guard, I think people got off the – people were mad, you know, trying to drum up the hot seat conversation. And with this – what happened this year and just the, that, you know, the class of Alex Lillacanon, of Pritzel, Iverson, uh, and whatnot, um, some of those players not contributing consistently like you've seen out of past Wisconsin teams. Uh, you know, I you know I, I think this end of the season really proved something there. So uh, this team really, I, I can I think can take a giant leap forward next year. So it's uh, we'll see. I mean, all right. Let me ask you too. Uh, just looking back one more time. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest highlight from the season, right, was the Purdue like, the win against Purdue on Frank Kaminsky night. Uh, besides that one, any other big moments you you recall from this year that that'll you, maybe you know it's gonna be mostly a forgetful forgetful year. Let's be honest, you know. But anything that really is going to stand out for you, uh, years from, maybe a year or two from now, that you know, is it the Brad Davison playing with one arm? Is it uh, you know injuries piling up, or is there anything that's really, that you're really going to take away from this year? No, none of that dumb stuff. That Khalil Iverson <laughs> dunk in the Big Ten tournament—that was the best moment of the season. <laughs> if I, I'm surprised he hasn't had the transfer. 
for just dunking all over everybody like that. That's so anathema to everything Wisconsin basketball does that you would think Bo Ryan would have just like appeared out of nowhere and been like, Iverson, you're benched. <laughs> that dunk oh, it was so badass. That, that should just be played on loop for recruits until uh, we get a, another point guard to sign with us for 2018. Here's Wisconsin. Uh, you know, here, you know, here's Wisconsin going to its mid court offense. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, I, I saw that and I just freaked like, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'm at work trying to, you know, this day. Oh, really loudly. Uh, not that I was watching the game at all when I was at work, but uh, you know, you have that. Yeah. It's, uh, I, let's talk about. I mean, Iverson is just. I, I feel like he's he, his defensive game stepped up, and you, you saw that with the rebounds. And you know, if he can, I think next year will be his most consistent year. Now, will he hit a jump shot like Hap? No. And will he hit a three point shot? That's going to be the next thing because I'm looking at the stats right now for Iverson, right? And if it comes up on my computer, for instance, freeze, which it probably will. Uh, but I, he didn't hit a three pointer all year, and when he tried it it did not go in right so he yeah. was 0 for 24 thank you sir yeah so now it, it's something that he'll have to yeah, i mean depending on if he can develop a, a jump shot more we'll see six for 49 in his career yep sounds about right so yeah um but you know like i said his defensive prowess took over and athleticism is freakish uh you saw that with the dunks and just the the emphasis the with uh, every time he flushed it home so on that note looking ahead uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do with your free time in March? Man, it's exciting. I haven't had a, a free March in years. There's <laughs> there's going to be so much to explore and do. Uh, spring is supposedly coming. You wouldn't know it living here in the upper Midwest where we're still covered in snow. I mean, the roads are fine, but my yard is like feet and feet of snow. But I'm excited to, you know, go outside and... Uh, when I'm at work, not be constantly checking my phone to see what the scores are. Uh, I'm going to drink a bunch of whiskey. I started doing that already today. I've been drinking whiskey since 4 o'clock. What? You have? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. What, what did the, For sure. What, what, what did the, when did this whiskey obsession take place? I've enjoyed a, a good glass of whiskey for some time now. But today at a... A bar in Egan, Minnesota. They were doing a uh, a special flight on Orphan Barrel whiskey. Uh, it was a half price flight, so instead of ninety dollars for a, it was six half ounce pours. It was forty five dollars. And for those who don't know, Orphan Barrel is a company that uh, finds all of these like lost and forgotten barrels from old distilleries and buys them up and uh, bottles them again. And then when they're gone, they're gone. Like that's literally all the whiskey that there is, oh, wow. and so we we tried uh, we tried six different whiskeys from various distilleries, and uh, it was super fun. And now I'm enjoying some mellow corn whiskey, which is whiskey you can just buy at the store, uh, and a beer from Able Brewing here in uh, Northeast Minneapolis. Wow, nice. So yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of fun stuff to do. I'm going to play a bunch with my daughter. It's her first birthday coming up, and she just got a little ball pit that she can play Aww. in. Uh, it's is she big walking? Enough. She's she, walking already? Yeah, she is. She uh, This past week was her first steps. Very exciting. Oh, slash where, terrifying. 
Look at you. Awesome. Congratulations, brother. That's always Thank you. Having three boys, I know how that feeling is where oh, oh my god, oh, this is so great. What are they going to get into next? Right. I'm I'm a little nervous about where I'm going to find her if I turn <laughs> my back for 15 seconds. But that's fun. We get to spend time with our families this March. That's could be fun, I guess, for some people. I don't know everybody's family. <laughs> some people's families suck. Uh, what else can you do in March? You can still watch basketball. Like it's kind of fun to watch these big events without a uh, heart attack inducing game thrown in there. Like just enjoying fun basketball and buzzer beaters. That's that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I like, will say. I mean, like you, like, like like the national championship game uh, for football. Now I know it's a different sport, right? But watching. In, despite it was Alabama and despite it was Georgia, you know, watching that game and, and seeing the back and forth and, and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, it was game, fun. Yeah, it was fun. You know, like you, you see you, you, uh, not even that game, uh, the game before Georgia and Oklahoma was the most fun that, you know, you're oh, watching. That was a great shoot. football game. It was amazing. I, you know, except if you're an Oklahoma fan, but it, you know, it was yeah, a screw them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boomer sooner my F and or that was Paul Chris. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, close uh, enough. Close enough, right? Um, but no, they uh, honestly, it's yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you know the story. I mean, that's what they tell the the, the journalist, and you know the, the you root for the story. So root for root for who you want to want root for. If you're if you want to go root for Tony Bennett in Virginia because of the the connections there, go for it. If there are other thing, if there's a Cinderella story. Of course, root for that if that you feel like that. If you if you like being a terrible person and rooting for a blue blood, uh, go for that as well. Uh, that's, yeah, don't, that, you know. No, no, don't do that. Don't listen to Jake. <laughs> don't do that, that last one. Uh, Cheer for chaos. Cheer for chaos. Pure chaos. Uh, Schadenfreude's fun at times. Uh, especially Super this. fun. <laughs> that's all we had this year. I'm sure a bunch of other schools enjoyed how bad we were, so we might as well get in on a little bit of that action. Absolutely, uh, and uh, just another. For, we haven't talked recruiting, obviously, for basketball, really, on the big roast. But you know, look, accord, according to Prep uh, Circuits, uh, Pat Lawless, you know, Ty Strickland, the son of former NBA veteran Rod Strickland, which I'm feeling really old right now because I watched Rod Strickland play as a child and teenager. Uh, you know, didn't he, he play for the Wizards when they were the Bullets? I believe so. I believe that's so. old. Oof, that's yeah. old school. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting old, man. We're getting old. Uh, the but yeah, Ty is a 2018 point guard from the St. Petersburg, Tampa area, and according to Pat, he will be taking an official visit to Wisconsin the 15th through the 17th uh, of March. So that is coming up very shortly. That is coming up next week, uh, next Thursday through next Saturday, and that should be interesting to see if they can land. You're talking about point guards, well. Wisconsin could get a point, you know, depending on how the visit goes. Wisconsin could put them themselves in good shape to land one. And then again, you and I will feel old for knowing, a, you know, that we're covering a the son of a player that we used to watch as a kid. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm just, I'm dreading the time when uh, there'll be a bunch of recruits named LeBron because that means those kids are all 18 and their parents who named them after, you know, LeBron James. It's like how they're all those kids named Shaquille now. They're all named after Shaq. It's just like when you get these big names out there, 
all the kids get named after him, and then you feel super old once they're teenagers and playing college basketball. Oof. Yeah, I was not say, looking I, forward to that. You're not? Oh, I think it'd be fun. Um, what? Being but, old? Yeah, being old. I love being old. I love being or, uh, No, I don't. No, no, no. That Scratch that. I gained back all the weight I lost last year, and then that turned into... Yeah, me now going on my diet, which I've already lost three pounds in a week, but it's all I think water weight, and it's uh I'm on protein shakes and chicken breasts, and I am not happy because uh, I could go for some Culvers right now, but that's a different story. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I like I like the I like the crotchety part of being old, <laughs> just, just being grumpy about stuff. But like I don't like waking up and my back hurts. No, 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 no. That's. When did that happen? That shouldn't happen at our age already. Like, I'm already feeling that. So, um, but yeah, anything else going on for you for uh, heading up? I mean, I know we got your transition away from basketball. We got your position previews coming up. Oh, yeah, special teams, baby. It's going to be a love letter to Gaglianone. I hope he uh, finally responds, me and him. (laughs) My goal this football season, I'll probably only make it to one game, but uh, I want to get a picture with Gaglianone. Oh boy, uh, I, <laughs> that's gonna be. Uh, if for those that don't know, Drew is a, a big fan of 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 course redshirt senior would be redshirt senior Rafael Gaglianone, and uh, hopefully yeah uh, we'll have him on the podcast one of these days uh, to to uh, or interview him for the podcast and, and talk to him. Just what he's gonna go into is you know what his expectations are and uh, heading forward, especially with the big expectations. For this team, uh, which is you know, a lot right now, even with a, some questions on defense. So, uh, but yeah, make sure you guys ch- check out Drew's column. Hopefully, we'll, we should have that like Sunday or or Monday at the latest. Uh, but yeah, anything else you got, brother? Before we uh, take it home? Yes, I have an idea for the podcast with Gaglianone. We should okay. have him on before the World Cup this summer to discuss Brazil and soccer and. Uh, Ooh, I think that would tie right. in nicely. I'm writing that down right now. Okay, good. Yep, we got to do that. As always, you're you're a genius, a gentleman, and a scholar, good, my good man. I am none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, folks, we're going to end Bucky's fifth podcast here. Big thanks to Drew Hamm, Nicole Hazy, Bob Wiedenhoft, for coming on this edition, another stacked program. Next week coming up, right? We're gonna have Pro Day. We'll have some interviews with players. Might be a couple editions of the podcast coming up just because of the content alone there. And then uh, head from there. Obviously, uh, a little bit of March Madness probably. Uh, we'll get in some more position previews. You'll see some more coming up. Probably some one-offs of positions with offensive linemen, defensive linemen. We got specialists too that we need to cover before March. 13th and uh yeah on that note guys uh official rosters aren't going to be updated and i'm sure you saw jason galloway's article from wisconsin state journal on thursday which is tonight uh today uh, when i'm recording this uh there's some up potential updates uh we'll wait until the official word just to see but uh potentially some moves for some players to different positions, uh, you know, and we'll see where a guy like Arrington Farrar uh, ends up. I know we just talked with Jesse Temple about inside linebackers just a few days ago. Does he get pushed outside like the initial roster that was not intentionally released onto the UWBadgers.com website? We'll see. 
if he bumps out outside to outside linebacker, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, real quick before we let you guys go, I know he's kind of led almost to end in the show, but you know, real quick with some offers. You know, we talked some basketball recruiting with Ty Strickland. Let's talk about you know a guy you know some offers that for football right. Uh, Wisconsin gave out over a handful uh, earlier this week. You know, looking right now, 2020 guy uh, Luke Whipler out of Montvale, New Jersey, uh, plays tackle and defensive tackle there. Uh, he uh, for that high school, also from 2020, uh, a Missouri wide receiver by the name of Jordan Johnson. He got on there. I'm gonna move my mic here, so apologies there. Uh, but you also have the likes of, I mean, you're just reading down, up and down the, the list, right? Uh, Harrison White, a 2019 defensive lineman from Texas. You had uh, Spencer Little, uh, two, you know, a, a linebacker from California. Uh, you had Colt Ellison, the 2019 kind of a edge guy. Uh, and then also a kid by the name of Moses Jr., who, if you look at his profile, which I'm doing right now, uh, is uh, you know out of out of Missouri as well. So a lot of offers up on the table, and they already have Wisconsin obviously already has uh, eight commits currently verbal commits for the class of 2018. We'll see if they add on uh, going forward. And then uh, looking ahead too, just uh, you look at. There's one player that showed up. Uh, by the way, if you guys didn't have a chance to take a look at Bucky's fifth quarter, we had the video up. Uh, it's in from Bryson Williams <laughs> from his uh, Twitter account. Make sure you guys check it out because he squatted 550 pounds three times. If you're looking for a kid that could also be really available, you know, like is a, a first-year player to start, he could be that guy. So that's uh, so who I'm going to be one of the guys that's going to be one of the players I'm going to check out when he uh, starts up on, on March 13th and we'll see his progression. If he can fill in as like the backup nose tackle behind Olive Sangopolo, uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, also just to uh, another player too, uh, looking at one more player, uh, a couple players, Visited this week, and and looking at this, uh, Aeneas uh, DeCosmo uh, visited just today. And uh, you saw on his Twitter account that uh, he had a quote-unquote great trip to Madison. And that he is a, right now he plays defensive end and tight end for our Bergen Catholic High School in New Jersey. That I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the same high school as one Tanner McAvoy back in the day. So uh, that's your little recruiting wrap-up on that note, guys. Uh, we'll talk more recruiting next week, too. And big thanks for earlier this week, guys like Jesse Temple, Bryson Shaw, the 2019 safety, uh, joining the program. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play, tune in on TuneIn on the TuneIn app, which is great. Uh, you see us on there. Because we got, you know, and, and we want to make this the most, you know, fan-centric podcast possible. We want to hear what you guys want out of us. And, and judging by the number of listens you guys have had, and, you know, we've already eclipsed, I think, 3,500 listens in, in about just over a month from our, you know, eight or nine podcasts. Thank you guys for that. And 
just let us know what we can do better. Uh, please rate us. You know, if, if you guys like what you're hearing, give us five stars. That way, we branch out more and we show everyone just uh, how much uh, Wisconsin, you know, how much how well we're doing. So, uh, on that note, I'm gonna stop talking. You guys have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. This is Jake Kokorowski. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Coco K O C K O C O B five Q. And tune in next week for another uh, probably several editions of Bucky's Fifth podcast. Thank you.